and welcome to another episode of GameSpot Asia Beats. And we're finally on radio. This used to be like an audio thing. Yeah. So now we're recording for May the 2nd. And right now with me, I'm Jonathan Toyat, your host. I'm your Randolph, who's going to be manning the Twitch controls. Yeah, I think you meant we're finally on video now. Finally on video. Finally yes. on video, yes. Finally, so, finally, yes. Yeah, this is now we upgraded to a vodcast, yes. essentially. It's a brave new world, honestly. I'm yeah, actually kind of frightened in the sense. Like, yeah. I don't know how I look. I mean, it's... Yeah. Do I look too bright, I figured? And also, people will give us crap straight away Which is on good. the Twitch stream. Yeah, so, so yeah. if you're watching this online right now, just uh, send us your comments or whatnot. Yes. Our topic's going to be more indie-ish and getting some insights on the PlayStation 4 and uh, the next Xbox from two experts who are in the game development field. Right now with me is uh, Alan Simonson from Boomzap. Hello. Ah, sure, the camera's wrong. There you go, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ian Gregory from Witching Hour Studio. Hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, cool, cool. So, uh, what have you guys been up to lately? I mean, any games have you played so far? Like, we're going to start off with that first before we get onto the nitty gritty. Uh, I would like to first say I don't like it that we're on camera because I have to wear a shirt. <laughs> I just put it out there, right? Yeah. You know, like I so like normally, it, yeah, normally we just shop, you know, yeah, 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 you know, in just our underwear. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a, it's a secret that no one knows about, but you know, that uh, has to. Oh, end. we're, we're it's quite kind of amazing. Like, like, up, no yeah. pants. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the previous room we were at when we did a recording, it was friggin' cold. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm surprised. Nipple cutters, man. Yeah, yeah. glass cutters, yeah. <laughs> Nazi nipples. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Call it, yeah. <laughs> Okay, and uh, yeah, um, so uh, what games have you been playing as of late? Like, anything up on the... I'm, I'm playing Nino Kuni right now on the PS3 with my daughter. Oh, okay. So okay. We're, uh, we're about two-thirds of the way through. She's loving it. What um, a coincidence, uh, Randy, you uh, finished Nino Kuni. How old is your daughter? Five. Five, yeah, okay, because my, my, my son's three and a bit, almost four. Yeah. I think he's slightly too young to play it, so I just ended up finishing it on my own. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, what, what do you think? That's a beautiful game. Yeah. yeah. It, it gets, like all the Japanese RPGs, it tends to get a little bit draggy as the fights get it the same fight. But yeah. it's it's a very beautiful game. The animation's yeah. gorgeous, the characters are beautiful, mm-hmm. the music is amazing. It is, yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, I'm very happy with it so far. How far are you into it so far? 30, 30 hours plus. Okay, I've, yeah. uh, I've just reassembled the, the magic wand. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, now we're ready to go and collect all my... I'm a completionist, so yeah. I'm going to go back and collect all, all the little purple boxes I couldn't open before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and you played that entire time with your with your daughter? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's I, excellent. It, yeah. She'll come drag me out of the out of the den, actually, where I sit and work. It's like, yeah. time for the game, Papa, time for the game. Oh, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, great. Because I just introduced my son to Superhero Squad yeah. PC. Uh, the free-to-play yeah. one online, and he just doesn't quite have the uh, the skills yet yeah. to to navigate a mouse, you know, because he grew up with you know, an iPad. Touchscreen, so yeah. yeah, so you know, this is the first PC game I'm trying to play with him, and he just keeps trying to touch the monitor. I know it's yeah. broken, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> the screen doesn't it's, work. It's a generational thing, I guess. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. I, have uh, Have your son played uh, Connectimals? No, that no, was the I, first game I got her hooked on. She and, loved it so much. She yeah. finished it all on her own. Yeah. No, I, I tried to um, I, I tried to introduce him to that Disney Adventures oh, that thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, he didn't like that. No, There's okay. an interesting thing about the Connectimals. Like a year ago, while it was during the whole prototyping uh, yeah. pre-production phase, it was supposed to be like an open-ended zoo simulator. So imagine Zoo Tycoon, yeah. but with the Kinect and first person. Okay. For some reason, they kind of downscaled it and thought, okay, we'll just have the animals forget the whole sim aspect of it. Yeah, you think that would be even the wise decision? Like, make it simple as a kid's game? I, I think it made a lot of sense as a kid's game. I, I don't know how successful it would have been as a as a 
do everything because it really isn't an adult game. Yeah. And you, the in reality, if you start looking at what you're actually doing, the actions, the the inner loop, it's it's very kiddish. Do you guys think there's been any while we're on Connect any um, application for that that has gone into a core game that's worked successfully? It's just entertaining to see people flail around. Yeah. Um, what is that one? Uh, Iron Brigade. That was just so yeah. funny. What I will say is I, I just picked up uh, an Oculus Rift. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. I could certainly see so that in your place with, this weekend yeah, then, with yeah. the Rift. Uh, yeah, we did yesterday and then yeah. Valve updated Team Fortress 2 and broke it. <laughs> we have to wait until they, they fix their update. Yeah. But uh, Oculus Rift with the Kinect, I think, would be a really amazing combination. Yeah. Because uh, I, I can already see my daughter trying to walk around, and she's com- completely convinced she's in there. Yeah. But the Rift doesn't fully cooperate with her, right? It, it doesn't allow her to walk backwards and forwards. It doesn't allow her to pick up things, even though she's certain that she should be able to. Have you seen that video where they've got um, they've got it tied to that multi-directional treadmill? Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, I think they were playing TF2, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I think that's probably too much work <laughs> for me. It's it's coming. I mean, that day is coming. And yeah. But that guy was, like, fully running in that yeah. video. Yeah. And is it one in the, in the UK where uh, they set it up to be the most realistic uh, game. Uh, uh, no, that was uh, Battlefield, game. right? Yeah, yeah, Battlefield. Then he had gun, he had paintballs that would shoot you when yeah. the enemy is shooting you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Wait, no, when, that, when was this anyway? Like th- this was a um, this was a uh, basically an installment. Right? Yeah. Someone wanted to do some research on just how realistic can you make it. I think it was for uh, MythBusters. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was a tech show. It was tech show. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the Discovery yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. And they actually had uh, you know they had the, they they got the gun. The, they used an iPhone and they, they used that for a right click. Uh, mm-hmm. Left click, so you can actually shoot and things like that. It, yeah, and he, he would step out, and he's pouring sweat. Arrow, yeah. yeah, no, that's not a gimmick. <laughs> big, big, oh. <laughs> big wrap around yeah. screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't associate like, running with video games. <laughs> no. Oh, did you hear about this uh, really odd tidbit? Like uh, Japan, uh, Sega of Japan actually made a Sonic athletic game in the Joy Police arcade where. There's a treadmill. You run through like basically different laps here and there for different courses, and there's a there's a button in front of you that asks that prompts you to jump whenever there's an obstacle in front of you. So it's Temple Run Sonic. Something like that, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for the arcade. Yeah. I, I swear to God, this is real. Yeah. Out but now, they make, they make the craziest games. I, mean, I was in an arcade in Japan. They have a table flipping. Yeah, they have it in Singapore now. Oh, I, <laughs> where, oh finally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, I got to go back to Boogies. Yeah, yeah, it's at Boogies. It's at Boogies. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Cause I, I, where else would it be, right? Because um, Jonathan and I, I think we put a bit of money in that the last yes, time we were in Japan did. together. Yes. And I, I don't understand it. <laughs> but, but it's just so fun, yeah, honestly. It is fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. Unacceptable! Yeah, yeah. So Ian, how about you? Like any other non-physical games you've sort of touched during the I, week I, before, I have, like I in between work? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I've been doing in between work. I have been uh, sitting on my ass playing Neverwinter a bit. Oh, oh yes, okay, yeah. it's yeah. open beta right now. Actually, yeah. so I, you I, were I, in the clothes? Is I, that right? Yeah, I was in the clothes. I was. Yeah. Uh, I was one of. I, I paid for all the founder packs. Just I, I love Neverwinter. I played it since like Neverwinter Nights. Yep. Right. So uh, I went in and I go like, oh, this is not D and D. This is a uh, normal MMO skin with D&D. Mm-hmm. I even just use D&D words. The, the closest thing to D&D I could find, right, was there's a, there's a polyhedron dice in the center that 
tells you when your power is at max. Mm. That's about your it. Your super meter, more or yeah, less. Yeah, 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 pretty much. That's the only thing that, that have, gave me a DD feel. Have they, um, have they d- done a character wipe going to the open beta? Have you retained everything? Uh, no, they did one character wipe, and then yeah. uh, the founders get a head start program, so you can okay. get in about five days. It was five days, okay. yeah. 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 We got some code on that, and we got like a five days head start. Mm-hmm. Just having that mm-hmm. time to play it. Uh, it's it's, yeah. it's kind of scary because. Uh, some of my staff played as well. One of them actually has the game running next to him as he's working yep. so that he can just pray every hour. <laughs> yeah. All right. There are benefits yes. when you actually pray per Yeah, per, time, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and the thing is that uh, it, it's he's leveling up by just doing his work and going and clicking a button. So he's reached the point, right, where the game mm. is pretty much a treadmill and they've separated it out to so many different kinds of uh, uh, premium currencies, right, that mm. you pretty much just, it's, it's pretty much a farming game. The most interesting thing I found was that there's a bit of story. Uh, but they have this skirmish mode where you can just go in and beat stuff up. So it's like TF, it's kind of like a Mass Effects uh, multiplayer. It's a pug system. Mm-hmm. You just get up, you know, five of you jump into an adventure. It's, it's a nice long line and you just kill stuff along the way. That's pretty much about it. Yeah, yeah. I did try and that. This is a good out. thing or? Uh, that's the yeah, what do you think about I it? Found yeah. interesting. Uh, the world is a bit bland. I think it was still did a much better job of building the world. And uh, even when you're intru- introducing you to that world, uh, Neverwinter kind of just throws you in. You see so much UI that you have no idea what they do for uh, for a while before you kind of get oriented. With Guild Wars, at least they you know they, they eased you into every stage of it. So uh, you could tell that uh, you know the the mentality was to create. They really went free to play in, in that sense. Uh, you know where the whole idea is to just throw you in and see how you deal with it. Um, I will say though, everything looks super cool. Everybody's skills, uh, every class skills looks super amazing. Like I play a rogue and I can do like, you know, you're far way over there. I can, I stealth, uh, I hit a button and I just appear behind you and stab down. You know, uh, there's another, the, the daily power, which is like a superpower makes you jump around and hit everything along the way. So you pretty much, you feel awesome, right? But it's, it's purely visual. You don't feel the mechanics behind it. Uh, not yet anyway. I think I'm like, I'm worried that this is just a general trend that we've, we've, We've dumbed down games to the point where it's on press A to win, kind yeah. thing. That's Assassin's Creed. I mean, you just you press a button to, to do all your free jumping and everything. You yeah. just move yeah. in the correct direction, the button press, and you're there. Yeah. Yeah, so. I wouldn't go to the extent to say that because there were actually, like, whenever enemies attack you in Everwinter, that's a bit of a telegraph, so it just shows you whether you should move out of the way or not, yeah, yeah. in a sense. And this given, like, this is going for the whole action route, like how Dragon Nest is. Well, yeah. So it feels like there's a dodge mechanic that's. Things it's, you can it's do more. Guitar, it's guitar hero then, if that's the case. Because I see I see uh I see flag A, I hit button B, you know. It's kinda it's very simple, I'm a rogue, right? So straight away I see that he's gonna cast something on me, I just hit the stun button and it stops. Then I move on to the next thing, I see a, a cone, I just I double tap and I dodge, you know. So it's yeah, it's kinda like boss mechanics in those action games rather than actually thinking about uh, it's very it's very touchy it's very very touchy but do you think it would have been alright if they actually took away a lot of the red cones and any indicators and just leave it to chance with how you dodge and everything then no. you learn things by skill more or less no, I think the dodging the, I mean the, the cones and all those things really do work I think it's a great idea but I would say that it is uh, rinse repeat after a while at least for I'm level uh, 12 to 15 so so far what I've seen is that I'm hitting the same buttons and I'm doing the same thing so nothing yet I mean it's interesting later I actually I don't I wouldn't argue with you there because I actually was at level 17 I managed to go to the cloak wood tower like it's an instance where I group up like 5 people kill a bunch of orcs it actually is about the same as it goes on and on I'm not sure how much tougher it can get or how much more interesting in terms of puzzles and arranging things here and there and finding stuff but 
for the most part, the problem is it just reminds me so much of a beat 'em up to the point where, again, re- repetition will set in. Yeah. As a matter of now, the thing is, you, you're going to be staying for the long haul. It really depends on whether you want to actually spend that much time doing the same thing over and over or not. Exactly. But again, like you said, the visuals, they're actually not bad. They're very pretty. Yeah. <clears throat> All the skills, you look, you feel awesome. And I think that's, uh, I think that comes from the, the very Asian perspective in that sense. It's very Japanese to see those amazing blasty skills and things like that. And I'm bright not... colors and, I find it very Japanese as in with regards to the, the way the skills all kind of fly. I'm not sure about the aesthetic though. I kind of thought if they're going to actually do it for like a uh, Asian market or a Korean market, they make it a bit more... It's definitely colorful, that's for sure, but maybe tweak it a little bit more so that it's more... I think the closest thing I'm looking for is like the Wild Stars as Wild yeah. Star aesthetic. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. I know that game might do well here because yeah. of how it looks. Korean. Yeah, I do agree. Uh, but I will say yeah, it is kind of repetitive right now. It's not... It kind of... Let's me down a little bit because uh, you know D and D online uh, Stormreach mm-hmm. had uh, a lot more layers. I felt, and uh, one thing I love is that there was actual storytelling. So in an instance where you can actually walk down the path and it goes like, it is not a good idea to go down this path. Perhaps you should find another way. And you go like, ah, oh, bugger that! I'm walking in. Pop, a trap goes and you die. So you know there is there is this sense of involvement in the world that I find a bit lacking in Neverwinter. Neverwinter very pretty much feels like okay, I have a bunch of monsters there. I go kill them. I move on to the next bunch of monsters and I kill them. Rinse repeat, you know, for now at least. I'm trying to be fair because I haven't gone far enough to really tell. But there is a bit of a saving grace. Uh, Neverwinter has this thing called the found, not not foundry. I'm probably which wrong. Is, which the foundry, which yeah. they closed for a while because people were kind of abusing it already. <laughs> oh right, right. Yeah. How, how so? I mean, what you was in the forums recently? Uh, the thing is that you can set up a dungeon and you can, you know, you can make it either super easy for people to run through, and if it's super easy, you can also tip the person that made that dungeon. So what happens is that I go in, oh good, it's easy. I get 500 astral diamonds. Here, here, here's 100. You can take them from 0 to 100. So if you, so you, it's kind of like a Ponzi scheme, you know, I create something super easy, everyone jumps in, and I get a ton of astral diamonds, and then it messes with the market, so they can't stop it for a while. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that needs to be fixed, because, mm. yeah, based on what you said, yeah. Close it off, make sure... Uh, I think they just need a different reward scheme. Like probably just little XP here and there. Yeah. And the fun of actually just going through a well-written story. Well, what's interesting is that they're making the same mistake as uh, Neverwinter on Facebook. They had a Neverwinter game on Facebook, which was a turn-based tactical game. And it had the same foundry system and it had the same issue. Oh, wait, wait. Is it not, not from the same developers, it's, right? It's from di- different developers, uh, but it's exactly the same. It's the same pitfall, you know. Everyone's going to scratch each other's back and they're going to try and break the system. That is players by nature, right? Yeah. This, actually, this sort of thing has been done since, like, when <laughs> games came out online, <laughs> like Grand Theft Auto or the San Andreas mod. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's that? Even the Team Fortress 2, that's the most recent example where they, if you want, they don't want to get trophies, they create a room somewhere. Yeah, they line people specifically yeah. just for that trophy yeah. and then they line yeah. up people. Like like a cute ticket thing, like, you want to do this trophy, just jump up and down, shoot yeah. a rocket, yada yada. Get that trophy right there. Yeah, and you think about it is that Astro Diamonds are the equivalent of real money because you can convert it to Zen, which is their... Uh, premium, premium. Price. That's a lot more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you have you felt the need to pay for anything apart from founders? Obviously, I like it. Um, Once you're in there, have you felt the need that, to transact? No, I mean there are kind of there are a number of cool stuff that really looks really cool. Like um, hmm. one of my staffers, like I said, he's playing right, and he's his goal for the game right now. I don't know whether he'll finish the game, but his goal is to get a honey badger companion because <laughs> honey badgers are cruel, evil creatures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've been playing this one game on the PS3. I'm not sure if you guys heard of it, Guacamelee. Oh, I saw it in mm. uh, GDC. 
It looked really fun. Oh, it is fun. Um, I'm playing the full version. I mean, it's already out for everyone to play yeah. right now. 20 Singaporean. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I really want to see more of these kind of games happening. Like, I like how the Sony, how Sony is doing the whole indie initiative, like getting Hotline Miami creators to for, mm-hmm. to get the, get Hotline Miami down for the Vita and all that. But anyway, back to Guacamelee. Just imagine a Metroidvania style game, 2D platformer, except with uh, luchadors and the whole Day of the Dead Mexican uh, thematics going on. Mm. It's really, really fun. Like, basically, like, uh, you still get power-ups. Actually, like, if certain areas in one area gets closed off, you need to find another power-up somewhere to open it up, yeah. to open up new parts. Yeah. That's how a Metro- Metroidvania game goes. Yeah. And to actually find these power-ups, you actually find this little, like, this little statue thing that hold up little ball thing. It actually reminds you of the statue from Metroid, where yeah. you get the super power-ups. Yeah. This game is really, really heavy with the references. <laughs> Like, if you go on to, to, to town, there's already so many luchador references for Castle Crashes, yeah. Mario and Luigi, <laughs> and so forth. Even Double Dragon, if you look hard enough. Yeah. But for the most part, controls are fine. It's even a two-player game. I'm surprised they, had, they have a two-player mode for this yeah. Castlevania-style game. When I was at GDC, I was watching these uh, these two. I think they were a couple, and they were trying to get past this stage. And you know, there are certain portals that when you go in, it gives you like an alternate universe that you go through another portal and come back to the original world in a place that you couldn't have gotten to. Uh, I sat there for 20 minutes watching them trying to complete that, that was quite the deal. Oh yeah, there are actually <laughs> different puzzles where you have to switch to dimension dimensions, yeah, areas. Right, yeah. Before you get that power up where you can switch it at will, you have to you actually have to start touching these little wormholes that actually switches the dimensions here and yep, there. Yep. So there'll be a puzzle where there'll be like five different vertical walls, you have to touch each of them in a specific area so that the other wall pops up in the other dimension. Yeah. And you just have, and th- those kind of puzzles took me about like 10 minutes to figure out before I can get through. <laughs> Which is very clever. Like I like the way that it's laid out. Mm. The boss fights and, and I also noticed there are some stages where they close off the area and have the like, enemies respawn for like maybe like have waves of enemies coming in, like two, three waves coming in yeah. and you finish it off. I've noticed that's something that's not really common in the Metroidvania uh, genre where they have like this sort of close rooms I felt that that really I mean it did not break the flow but it's more of like a minor irritants I mean I know the game is very combat heavy but still I mean it just felt a bit of a break in flow I think it basically didn't add to the game at all uh, not really it add. sounds most like it was a break in your expectation more than anything yeah. but you, you have expectations about what a Metrovania game should be yeah pretty much like, it's, it's, it's like a good mix of like killing enemies in the pathway and just getting through areas here and there with your newfound power-ups and a bit more platforming things here and there. I've been playing a lot of Castlevania games on the DS, so I kind of know what I want in a sense. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but, but regardless, this game is really worth the money. 20 bucks. I mean, that's just more, like, when I mentioned those problems, it's very nitpicky at best. Yeah. It's a beautiful game, lovely soundtrack as well, with the whole Mexican, like, uh, luchador thing going on. Yeah. And even, the, I mean, the story's still like, you gotta rescue the princess, more or less. And go through a bunch of ho- hurdles and hoops just to get to her. Yeah, the dialogue seemed quite funny. I remember watching this one where you, you uh, I think you beat up an al- alpaca, is it, or a goat? Oh yeah, no, you uh, actually beat up the st- you beat up the statue, yeah. and then the goat comes up and bitches about Something. you be destroying the statue. Yeah, then he gives you the power. After yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a running joke that's been going on, and, and that's really lovely. I yeah. like the humor in this game. Yeah, a the, lot. Humor, the writing was really quite interesting. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad I wasn't playing. Though. I've got retarded thumbs. So, uh, you know, I'm a mouse and keyboard kind of guy, so when I pick up these kind of things, I go like, oh, look, lava, Blech. you know, that's... <laughs> yeah, I can tell you, like, some of, most of the puzzles require a bit of deaf finger mm. work and, you know, jumping back and forth. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes a while to get used to. I mean, the controls are really good, so if you play the platformer, you can play this game. Yeah, probably. Like, if you're good at Mario, <laughs> you can play this, trust me. Then I will suck at it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> right, so Randy, what have you been playing? 
Uh, apart from Revengeance, uh, which I'm starting to get frustrated with because I'm at the uh, near the end of the game, and I hear there's some repetitiveness. Um, you have to like replay through some bosses again. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, as you know, as, as, as game designers. You know, what um, what, what are your thoughts on um, repeating? Using yeah, yeah, repeating content. So I, I guess you know the, the biggest example of this was something like Vacuum. Which one is this? Uh, Dragon. Dragon Age. Yeah, Dragon Age. Uh, the, the one that always sticks out in my mind is um, uh, is. Um, uh, which one was it? Devil May Cry 4. Okay. Where basically you had to go through the entire... You, you went through the game as... Um, who's the first character? Uh, Nero. 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 And then basically you went through the whole game backwards as, as Dante. Dante. So it was the same same levels basically, but we were just running through it backwards. But yeah, what, what are your thoughts on, I guess, reusing... Um, I guess challenging. Thing. It is? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's... it's so, so, so why do people do it then? Uh, actually, it was a very interesting article by the guys who designed that game. Mm -hmm. Skyrim. Yep. Uh, and so Skyrim and Dragon Age... Two specifically yep. kind of show a very interesting um, two different approaches to it. Yeah. So Dragon Age had a very heavy system. It was very hard for them to build new content, new levels. Yeah. And the the content's very high fi mm. Whereas the whole of Skyrim was actually designed by a team of ten. Yeah. Uh, the whole of you know, all the levels yeah. for all the dungeons in Skyrim were ten people only. Yeah. Eight of them were designers. Uh, two of them were artists. And they built the system to be basically Lego blocks. Yeah. So you can very easily snap together blocks uh, and build you know, a, a dungeon in Skyrim very, very quickly. And that's mm. why there's very little repetitive content. There's repetitive assets, then there's same, yeah. the same rock shows up a whole bunch of times. Yeah. But it's really easy for them to, to build and, and build new content. Mm. Whereas in Dragon Age, you, you go to the same, I think there's like four dungeons all together. Mm. And you just run they them. all look yeah. exactly they're they're the all, same. They're all the same meme and you know it's yeah, the same. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they haven't even, they, they lock some doors, that's about as far as they go. Yeah. And, and so very clearly, one of those teams really thought about how to be optimized, how we make this really quick to build new content, mm. and the other one hadn't, mm. and, uh, and suffered for it. Mm. So it's, it's largely just the cheapness. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and for me, the other games I've been playing, I, I got into some Papers, Please uh, the other day. Have you guys oh, heard of Papers, yeah, Please? That's, that's awesome. I think it's so it's so smart. You know, we've been wanting, we've been joking about it uh, to yeah. do that in Singapore, but we know that would never fly. We'll probably get kicked out of the country. Yeah. But I'm glad somebody did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad in Singapore, yeah. is it? No comment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so Papers, Please, for people who don't know, it is um, it's a document com. Pe comparing game, I, I guess. So it, it's set in some fictional, um, in a fictional uh, sort of like a Russian state, yeah, country in in a, you know yeah, during, yeah, during the Cold yeah. War. And basically, you, you play as a patrol guard, or oh, no, sort of uh, like yeah. a customs, customs guard, yeah. customs officer. And yeah. your job basically is yeah. to let people in the country yeah. or not. And it's um, you, you need to actually concentrate quite a lot. It's not a late night. Uh, you know, play yeah. this to relax type mm -hmm. of game because you actually need to pay attention to to a lot of things. So like my first playthrough, I think my my son died and my family was um, <laughs> all arrested because I wasn't making quota or something like that. So it, it's a little bit depressing. No, it's very interesting because you, there are moral choices in the game as well. Yeah, there are. Yeah. yeah. So there's like I think there's this one part where uh, the lady goes like, you know, uh, me and my sisters, uh, my sisters and I, we are being forced to come here to work, and the guy that is forcing us is coming in later. Hmm. So you, you know, when he does arrive at the, you know, at the checkpoint, you can go, oh, and I don't allow you in hmm. to kind of save them. You know, so there are a lot of, there are a lot of these little nuggets of uh, humanity that's. that's in are these all time decisions like once you see the person giving you the passport then you got to make a decision within like a few seconds or so uh, let them in or 
I but, don't. I don't remember whether there's a time, but the, I do there's know a there's like you, you've got a work clock, yeah. right? So you, you've got a, a work day to get through all yeah. these people, and I think and the there's, fast, a long, yeah. there's a long queue, you know, and yeah. there's a, you can actually see the people walk away, so you can oh. kind of tell how your queue is is going. And uh, is I, it iOS or uh, no, it's on PC. PC. Yeah. So it's still in beta right now, so you can download it um, and and play it. Um, I can't remember what the site is, but if if everyone's interested, we can just put it in the chat um, uh, later on. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a really interesting concept, it's, it's really I think. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot more compelling than I thought comparing documents would actually be. The guy, the, the guy that keeps trying and he can never get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I was going to ask you, because I'm obviously not as far in the game as you are, but are there consequences for letting your morality seep in not, to this game? Not that I've seen yet. Okay. Uh, I, like I said, uh, because I'll be very honest, I haven't, I, I, I can't clock in like maybe like half an hour to an hour of games every yep. day only because we're, we're rushing our next game. Yep. So I haven't played as much as I'd like to, so I can't really say I've gotten very far. Yeah. Apparently it got greenlit today. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Papers, please. Guys. So, yeah, there you How go. much is it going to be sold for? Has it been news on No that? idea. I just found out just then from chat that it got greenlit. Today. I won't be surprised. <laughs> I won't be surprised because it's because of Total Biscuit. Total Biscuit covered the game. So yep. I think, you know, he's like, you know, the bump, you know, and that's I. I wouldn't be surprised if that's why they got yeah. and, and 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 just before I came in here, I was playing a game that I just found out today, browser-based game called Candies. So uh, it's should we know about this? Uh, I just found out about it today. I think it, it's it's. I don't know. I, I think um, a few people sort of found it today. But Candy it's a, Saga, Candy. I, no, I think no, no, I've no, seen this before. No, no, no. It's so it's all browser-based, all ASCII art. Um, and it's weird. Um, and all I will tell you is try it. Because I, I haven't, I haven't gotten through so, it yet. So it's an artistic game. No, no, not really. Um, did you guys play Frog Fractions last year? So no. it was, um, it was a, it was like an indie title and it was, um, you know, on the surface, uh, like a very basic shooter that tried to teach you about fractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it became really weird. Um, and, um, you know, if, if you manage to, you know, scratch beneath the surface, literally for people who have played Frog Fractions, um, it opened up this whole sort of different aspect to the game where it became a space shooter slash puzzle game slash, um, text adventure. Um, and, um, like, so none of that was actually in the description for the game. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a game that will teach you about, you know, it's a frog and teach you about fractions. So it's, uh, it's really interesting. But, um, yeah, candies. I'll, I'll give you guys the link after this podcast. Oh, actually, there's a link at opening up. Okay. Someone's, oh, so frog fractions is there. Um, and candies. Have you got candies in there yet? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out the candies. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we'll we'll this. So you yeah. mentioned, uh, green light. Yes. That's actually a, I'd be curious what your thoughts are on green light as a general process. Um, mm. it's a very how do you say like uh, it's basically the community of voting on what actually comes out in the sense, and it's actually a good idea letting whoever wants the game to be out be out I suppose and plus it's a huge community for Steam, but at the same time I, I'm also not so sure what's the selection for, I mean there could be some ripe potential for abuse like especially if you have. If you're someone who's a developer and you have a lot more friends who actually it's, can spam it's a lot, basically American Idol PC. You know, yeah. you, you get the most votes and you get it, kind of thing. Like a popularity contest. Like, well, that's what game selling is, right? Yeah. <laughs> basically, you're 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 selling a game, and the more people buy it, the more likely you are to be able to. Pay but this more like an induction process for a game that's sort of almost complete, but not yet complete. Yes, I, 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 I do wish that uh, Steam would actually have two two groups working on it. One is Greenlight, and the other one is still the curation that they used to be known for. Because mm. right. 
they still use that. They're mm. very. It's 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 less and more often than not. If they if uh, if they can, they will try and push the teams over to Green Knight. And uh, I've heard, I've been hearing this from other developers as well. If you have an existing relationship with them, you still go through the the old channel. Mm. What is interesting is Valve itself considers the, uh, Green Light to be a failure. And so they're looking at alternative ways. And I think one thing, specifically, you know, since we're here talking about media, is they were looking at how you could do more curated shops. Uh, where so right right now you have you know the the, the basic Steam thing, right? Yeah. Um, getting in there is really hard. Uh, much like the App Store, it's a curated shop. Yep. So the the things that are featured and the things that are listed there represents one or two people at Valve. Um, what would be interesting is. If you guys wanted to have a similar curated shops where you took the things that you find interesting and you listed those, uh, the problem is, of course, that there's a whole bunch of back-end technology, right? There's a whole streaming system, payment systems. That there's a lot of work involved in getting that done. Hmm. And quite honestly, I don't trust you enough to give you my credit card details. So what if we could do it the other way so that you could leverage on top of Steam, building in a widget into your uh, GameSpot Asia, so and sell games directly through that using the Steam backend. So yeah, so Steam basically white boxes its yeah. backend, um, and then anyone can have their own. So it's iTunes Connect. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. But in that, every shop, every every website that focuses on games could make their own curated list, and anyone can get in on it. What's interesting about that is it would change the dynamic between you and your users, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, there's this old saying in in uh, media: if you're not if you're not the, the customer, you're the product, right? Mm. And so right now, the, the bulk of the revenue for a site like this comes from advertisement. Mm. And that puts certain constraints on how you can do things and what you can do. If the bulk of your revenue came from selling stuff to your customer because you're saying, Candy, this game is really amazing. Mm. Here it is. Click that link and you can go and buy it from our web store. We get mm. 5% of the, of the cost if you do. Suddenly, you're now creators. You're now someone whose opinion about games you you want to pimp the best stuff you can because that's how you get satisfied users to come back. This is why they come to you instead of to zero punctuation, for example. Hmm. Uh, I think that would be a really, really fascinating change in how the game's market is set up. Do, do, do you think readers um, <coughs> see sites like ours as retail destinations then? I don't think they see it as real t- retail destinations right now because hmm. they're, they're not, right? Hmm. Uh, but I do think that if I'm looking for... I want to buy a new game, right? Yeah. And you are people I listen to every week, yeah. and I trust your sense of games because I know we we both like the same quirky indie style titles. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have a link to whatever game that you're you're playing right now yeah. available there, and I can just click on that, go straight through the Steam um, process, automatically deducted, goes onto my library, downloads. Mm-hmm. If all that stuff was implicit and easy inside your website, mm. why wouldn't I? Why, why would I shut down your website, go to Steam, search, hopefully that they've, they've created it and added Yeah, it. you want to actually have something that does not add in an extra process when getting exactly. games in a sense. Just <laughs> click and go. Yeah. And again, now your users are actually your customers, yeah. Yeah, which okay. would change your relationship completely. I think we'll just have to buy Steam, Jonathan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll just get CBS to, uh, to get Valve. Oh, that would be They'd be going pretty cheap. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the Koreans tried that, actually. The yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, that, was that ever confirmed? Huh? Was that confirmed that they were actually trying that? Uh, they, they certainly went out and said, we're not being sold. Uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, that was evidently uh, yeah. one of the Koreans' next one, was it? Yeah. It was, yeah they wanted yeah, to put down $2 billion for... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a bit more. Hmm.
actually mention entertainment hubs like you want the, the connectivity of things because from what I've been hearing, the seven, the the new Xbox. I mean, I'm getting back to what we want to talk about. I guess the PS4 yep. and Xbox 720. Is that the word we should use right now? The 720. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not confirmed. Like, yeah. so it, it's confirmed. It will be confirmed on May 21. Yeah, is that yeah. right? So but the strongest the rumors, reveal. the ones that mm. seems to be the most concrete. Always online. Yeah, not, mm. not just that. The the always online thing is one. But the other thing is they're trying to actually make this like an entertainment hub. Like what? The Xbox is right now. It, it already is. Getting right? it further. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to integrate further, like having. It'll be like everything will just be sort of there, like on the go. And it just would be nice if it on. actually worked in Asia. You know, a lot of these things are, are just not working. Netflix, for example, is a huge thing for, for US. It's a region thing. I thought it, was, it wasn't actually here in Asia, only like US VPN, and Europe. You can use a VPN to That too, yeah. Um, that's. Other methods, of course, <laughs> which we shouldn't be saying at all. It, it, it exists. Your, We're not endorsing it. Yeah, of You're course. just saying it exists. That's true. That's true. <laughs> do, do, do you guys believe the always online rumors? Uh, well, the guy that got fired from Microsoft seems to confirm it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Just coincidence. But why are you fired on? pissing off his customers? <laughs> that's not good to say. But, but seriously, if all this comes true on 21st, what would your thoughts be on an actual online always online infrastructure for a console from a developer standpoint. I, I think the first question is what kind of always online are we looking at? Are we looking at Steam, which is one-time verification and I can take my box off and do whatever I want with it? Yep. Or are we looking at a SimCity online style? <laughs> I like uh, the worst case scenario, so we we'll go for the latter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then they're screwed. <laughs> There's no way they're going to get that to work across that many people. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everyone who's ever tried to launch a large-scale uh, surge demand product like that has failed miserably. Yeah, I believe you have a favorite game that did that, Diablo 3, right, Ian? Oh, yes, <laughs> my favorite complaint. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that, 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 it really doesn't work, and there's really no reason except for their own insecurity yeah. to have something like that. W- yeah. w- will they do it? Like, I, I know that you got, yeah, so you, if you, you both think it's not a good idea, but do you think they'll do it? It's Microsoft, so there is a good chance they might. Yeah. Honestly speaking, I've spoken to some Microsoft people. And, yep. you know, as fast, don't get fired. Yeah, yeah. As fast like as it is. We don't get fired. We own the companies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's very large, and uh, there are a lot of warring factions within Microsoft. And yeah. If it's anything, it's how it's painted. It might come true. It might actually it be might always be online. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but let's just try to take this. Okay, I know we're ta- talking from a half glass empty kind of perspective, <laughs> but from a half glass full perspective, how on earth do you think they can actually make it work if they're stubborn enough to go through this? I don't think they can. <laughs> I, I think they're pessimists. Uh, they're, they're, pessimism, well, yes. there is no always online in that there a significant portion of the, the the content needs to be online every second. No, I mean even even in Singapore, I quite often lose my my network connection for a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Some router hiccuping or. My wife pushing onto the, the the modem and resetting it or something, right? Mm-hmm. If every time that happens, the game crashes, I'm going to be very, very upset. Mm-hmm. And Singapore is one of the most connected countries in the world. Um, there are many, many developing countries like rural America that doesn't have infrastructure <laughs> like that. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. Though. Everyone assumes that America, you know, wouldn't have any problem with this, but you know, but they every, did. Every, yeah, yes. every time you write stories on, you know, Xbox Seven Twenty mm-hmm. being always. Um, uh, online, there's a lot of you know American commenters going. I live in 
so-and-so Idaho or whatever yep. it is, right, and I can't get a decent connection, yeah. how am I going to, you know... And very often it's also capped. Yeah. And so a lot of the people who are who are saying, well, of course you can download a, a five gigabyte uh, patch. And Red, Reddit, taught me, Reddit taught me yesterday that there are three million people in the US that still use AOL dial-up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it a lot, pretty much. <laughs> and someone's already claiming us to be Microsoft haters already by now, according to the chat. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Okay, uh, continue. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think they're going to do it. I think what you might see is an online verification system. Yeah. It's, a, again, very similar to Steam, where your your product, product key gets linked to your account, and after that, that product, that CD is now only basically a demo. And, and, and that's all. That's all they really would want to do, right? Because like the, the point of always online is piracy and um, secondhand games, right? uh, and being able to sniff at what you do. But they can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like you know, I, I guess you know, from them, from a business point of view, if they can make sure that every game that's played on there is something that you paid full retail for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then th- that's what they want. Um, and if it's something, you know, uh, that isn't pirated, that's especially what they want. So, um, I, I guess, you know, as long as they have an, auth- like as you said, an authentication when you first put it in. Yeah. And then if, if it's not a new game, maybe prompt you to go to a website and, you know, buy a new license for oh, which something. Is, which is yeah. what EA's been doing for a while now with the yeah. online passes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think we're just going to see an extension of that. What, what, what we seem to have seen and what the, the behind the scene rumors were. Was that basically every CD will work as a automatically upgrading demo, mm. and so what you're buying in the box is actually a demo, mm. and it comes with an unlock code, mm. and that unlock code is a one-time only tied to your Xbox Live ID, and it, and it downloads progressively the rest of the game. No, no, no the whole game is there. The whole it's just locked. Okay, right. So, I mean, basically it's like I mean, the games we make, for example, they're mm. all shareware. So you download for free, yep. and then you play for an hour, and after that it'll ask you to, to pay six ninety nine to keep going. Yeah. And basically, they're, it, one of the rumors was that they're going to do exactly the same, mm. and that every game on the Xbox is going to have that feature. You can also download it directly mm. to your hard disk from, uh, from online, from the web store. Yeah. And Actually, the, the big news is going to be like a mandatory install for majority of the games even though they're going to be on blu-ray from what i've heard yeah so yeah that, that should be that would be a good idea too in a sense the whole cd key but the, the big thing is the the way it's working right now the the used sales it's not tenable for the industry mm-hmm. and i know this is something people get very excited about uh, i'm sure we're going to get flamed for this but basically right now it's breaking the industry mm. it's breaking the games industry and specifically it's breaking one class of games disproportionately, right? Mm, right, right. Um, you're looking at story-centric single-player games are completely being destroyed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they're something like Skyrim, which takes 50, 60 hours to complete, you're just going to churn through it in five hours and then you're going to be gone and it's off to the off to the used bin. Mm. Uh, and the very predatory behavior of some of the shops in the US specifically, but also in the UK, basically has destroyed their own market. Yeah. What we've seen in the last couple of years is more or less the entire middle section section of the games industry has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a whole bunch of guys doing casual and iOS and free-to-play social games and whatnot, mm. and they're making money. Uh, and you have the guys on the very, very tip of the spear, you know, the, the DICE and the BioWare and Activision, mm-hmm. and they're still making money on a couple of titles. But if you look at Activision, that's a multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar company that right now only really have four franchises. Mm. If one of them fails, they're going to be in for a world of hurt. 
as a as a PC game developer, can you talk a little bit about, I guess, the impact of piracy on on you? I mean, you, you, you're huge. obviously not as you know you, you, your games are more you know casual, soft core. Like, is it as big a, a problem? In, yeah, yeah. In, I mean, in, I, in that I, space? I set up Google alerts for every game we work on, mm-hmm. so that I can you know it, basically Google goes and searches online for me every every so often and emails me back the results. Yeah. And I always know when we're about to go live because I start seeing the first torrent links show up. <laughs> really? That actually shows up before the game is live in the, in the storefront. Oh dear! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you deal with it. We've we've tried to mess around with it um, because we're cracking the actual DRM is pretty easy. It's pretty mm. trivial actually. Yep. Uh, some Russian script kid can do that for you in fifteen minutes. Yep. But you can detect whether the the DRM is still there, and you can do so in a in a way that's harder to intercept. And so in one of our games, what we did was we, if we detected that, we would just go and remove some objects. Yeah. And so now, you know, you needed to find 10, 10 apples to give to the, the goat to get across the bridge. Yeah. Well, now there's only eight apples and you can never get across there. And the problem with that was we got a whole bunch of people writing in the forum saying, the game sucks, I can't complete it. Yeah. Uh, and you, you wanted to go, well, buy the game, please. Yeah. Um, but... They, they were so earnest so about you, it. So you can't just out those those people in the forums then saying, well, we know like you can't complete this because of this. Because like, they're going to say, no, I didn't. You're lying. Uh, yeah. Your game sucks. I hate you. Yeah. Wasn't uh, this uh, in the news recently about the game company that gave out a game, they make games, and uh, if you are a yeah, it's like Yeah, it's like a game dev story, yeah. Yeah. which is I, I found quite ironic, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very game dev like, story. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I can research DRM. You know, will, that, will that solve my problem? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. The, the producers themselves put out a torrent. Yeah. Uh, cracked, but, you know, they put it out. Yeah. Uh, well, so from from the DRM strategies that you've seen, what do you think is the is the best then? DRM free. DRM yeah. free. The, the users are gonna. They're gonna crack it anyway. Yep. It's an uh, issue. I mean, basically, it's like a trusting in the end. Like, you do you trust? Is your game good enough for them to like? Not just pirate, but also spread the word around and be faithful yeah. enough to pay for it. For, I, for ideally, I mean, you're you're never gonna hit the pirates anyway. They they'll strip the DRM off it no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and all you're gonna do is inconvenience your your primary users. Your yeah, actual tell that to Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they took it off. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they finally mm-hmm. stopped doing that. Yeah. yeah. They took. You'd be surprised. I mean, I have emails from people that said that you know I actually pirated your game. I liked it enough that I actually bought it. Mm-hmm. So we do know that you know stopping people that way is not basically the best idea. In fact, a lot of people upon upon uh, pirating it, trying it, liking it, they do go and buy it. So uh, try. Oh, they, they probably don't buy that game because they already finished it. But what very often they do is they buy your next game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you, it's goodwill, and you know when you're when you're a small, you know when you're a small company, what you're looking for is goodwill and a community that will support yeah. you through the ways. And I think that's something that a lot of small companies should focus on. Don't focus on trying to stop. You, you can't fight, yeah, fight you pirates can't, like yeah. that. It, it just yeah. doesn't work. And in the end, all you're going to do is work yourself into a heart attack. So, embrace them. <laughs> yeah. Just think of them as, uh, I believe, uh, extra credits. This one show did mention, if it helps, think of pirates as competition in a sense. So you got to somehow sell your product in a way that it's simpler than even for someone to even pirate it in a sense. So we, we've, we've been localizing our, country, uh, our, our games to Chinese for since the first one, Jelly Boom, which is a, a flop. Um, and one of the things that was interesting was we, we stopped doing that for Awakening 4, the latest mm-hmm. game, the latest mm-hmm. Awakening. And we basically said, we'll never make any money on this. And, and this is a big game. It's got like 60,000 lines of, of text and localizing is a lot of money. So we're just not going to localize it to Chinese. 
And then the little Google alert says, you know, come play Awakening, download Awakening for free uh, This in Chinese. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, we, we never did Chinese. Yeah. We, we go and download it, and certainly someone's taken the thing, run it through Google Translate, <laughs> hacked, our, <laughs> hacked our file format so that they got all the access to the, to the localization strings, yeah. input the new ones, and off they go. And that's a lot of work to do for that. They, they were fans. They, yeah. they wanted to play this game in Chinese, and if we weren't going to do it properly, then they were going to do it themselves. <laughs> yeah, we are trying to do the same. And in fact, uh, we actually found a guy that did it and said, like, hey, we'll give you some cash, finish it for us. <laughs> so we made the guy to translate it for us. We're waiting for the translation now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, we're a small company. You know, if somebody loves your game enough to put that kind of work into it, right, they should they should be rewarded and they should be respected for it. I think. Mm-hmm. If you can't beat them, hire them. Yeah, why not? You know? <laughs> Yeah. And now I just want to jump to one more topic before we close off the show because we're actually running out of a few minutes. <laughs> um, like, uh, okay, since we also mentioned Xbox 720, we also mentioned a bit of piracy. And I'd like to go back to what Sony already announced like a few months ago. Like, basically all on the infrastructure of the PS4. What do you guys think about it with the whole RAM system? Like, how they're doing the whole streaming thing and how it's supposed to be tailored for developers to make games easier for to, to be made easier, you know, in a sense. Mm. Well, they always say that they want games to be made easier. No, I mean, well, not, not made easier, sorry, like, easier for developers to make games on to, like, but from what it, they've it, said. It, it's basically a, a very simple architecture. It's back to what the Xbox was, right? It's a PC in a box. Um, I, I think the new, P, the new Xbox is going to be exactly the same. And so what we're going to get is two very, very similar machines um, with very, very similar feature specs, and that's going to be good. Uh, no more hard coding cell processor mm. cores and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Sony has stated that they are very interested in doing you know, more indie games and more more online sales, and we'll <laughs> see how how much that actually works out. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, like have, have you guys been talking to the likes of Sony or Microsoft at all, or can you disclose any of that? Anything you can mention <laughs> in the, um, at this point in time. I, I will say this though: what it feels like as somebody, okay. Uh, I went to an art academy, right? And on, mm. and we have a board at the art academy that has uh, lots of uh, competitions, right? So let's say Samsung wants to do a phone ad and um, say um, Giant is doing a supermarket ad, right? Mm-hmm. And they will go like, uh, you know, join this competition and we'll give you, you know, $500. So what? The, so the, the mentality is that I don't want to pay for a full uh, advertising firm to do my advertising. So I'm trying to hope that a student will get, I uh, can get that kind of quality for, at a student price. Mm. That's kind of what it feels like, you know. We want you to come and do it for us, but it's not because we really care, you know. It's because you know it's it's, it's good business, and I don't blame them. I think it's really good business. It's a yeah. smart thing to do. Yeah. But I would like people to call it for what it is. Uh, it's not because we want, you know, we are, you know we're so welcoming of indies. It's, it's just good business practice to do mm. that. Yeah. So it's a bit more mercenary it than is, actually. It is, it is more mercenary. Trying to get people away from Xbox Live Arcade Correct. just yeah. Yeah, for the indie initiative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it's generally. Um, you know, I guess because of the, you know, we're at the tail end of this current console generation, so all the buzz and all the excitement for the past year, two years, has really been about, you know, what's happening in PC. Uh, do you think that 720, PS3, I'm going to throw Wii U in there just in case. Yeah. Um, I think you meant PS4, not PS3. So yeah, PS4, PS4, 720, Wii U. Um, you know, do you think they'll be as strong as they were in the previous generation, or, you know, have they left too much to PC and mobile devices now? Not PC, but I think the mobile devices are eating that large. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Uh, basically, all the casual users are gone. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of the casual users are going to pick up a, a Xbox 720. So everyone who bought a Wii has now is either an iPad or iOS or Android user yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
So I, I will say though now it's really not about the hardware anymore. That's one thing the PS4 got right. They understood that it's not hardware. Yeah. It really is the content, and they're really pushing on the content. It was a mistake. I mean, I mean, as 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 good looking as PS3 games are, like yeah. it was just a lot of people did say it was a pain to actually work through. Mm-hmm. So it's nice they actually went a step back. Mm-hmm. And just go from there. Yeah, I, I think they kind of redeemed themselves in that sense. I mean, I am not a huge Sony fan, but I good business acumen is that, and I will. Risk, and I think it's it's really good that the direction they're going. But like Alan says, I don't think they're going to beat out the mobile market anytime soon. I don't so, think so, so any terms, of the major players will. Yeah. So, so in terms of just unit sales, do you think the last generation will be bigger than this upcoming generation? Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah, definitely. If you if you strip away all the casual consumers, all the ones who bought maybe two or three games a year, yep. you're going to lose a lot. Mm. Um, the other thing is, I, I really hope we're going to see like a really good online store, one that's actually capable of being compelling in, in the way that App Store or Steam is, yep. instead of the, the cluster that it is right now. So an online store for console. For console. So better than live, better than PSN. Yeah. Okay. Ideally. Right. Mm. One that can actually find the eShop. One that the eShop would be a start. Yes. Right. Um, one that has promotions. One that allows the, the developers to control pricing. Mm. One that supports try and buy. All yeah. Something like a dev kit, like a dev kit store where they can just adjust things and just put them on the fly, more yeah. or less. Yeah. Mm. You know, based on what you were saying earlier, it would be interesting. They could have something like uh, the Amazon's lists system, where anybody, like, let's say, you like a bunch of games and you put down the list out there. And I'm your friend. I will go see what you recommend, or you in the media, especially. You've got a lot of people following you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, solely recommended by you. You have your own page on on the console, and you go like, oh, look, Randolph. Look at what he's playing. Mm. Uh, what he recommends so it could, it could even be things you don't even buy. It's just you just like. You yeah. know? Uh, it could be like this is my RPG list. This is my strategy list, and people could go browse around that. I think that really helps. Amazon has that, and that yeah. does help Amazon a lot. I think that's something that we need for games because yeah. at the end of the day, you know. People look for other towards other people when they are making a purchase. They're not, you know, reviews only take you so far. You know, having somebody endorse it is another matter. Somebody that matters to you. Mm. you know? Yeah, I think basically the app store shows the limitations of a single curated point of entry. Right. Mm-hmm. We we need to come to the point where we have multiple different curated uh, entries. Yeah. Uh, and where I can pick the one that matters most to me as most relevant. Mm. Okay. I think I'm just happy that if all these next gen. Uh, What's that? All the PS4 and what the what the Xbox 720 when it for the interfaces it just follow even an iota of what Steam is doing in terms of like how they lay out maybe in a different way that's already a start then they could just put the building blocks from there mm. like earlier on the Microsoft uh, what's that the Xbox it had a pretty good system the the interface after the slides the yeah. earlier bit yeah. and then it all went to hell when it started putting more ads than actual game content in the front so they went to that middle ground for the new Xbox I've, I've just taken away its ability to connect to the internet I had enough yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> every time I start a game either PS3 or Xbox 360 it tries to patch itself and I'm basically just you, you're not allowed internet until you can behave yourself <laughs> yeah. oh no that, that's not that's not going to go away right now flash. console games are becoming more like PC games of patches I mean it's easier for developers like if they have a bug they can just fix it on the straight but mm. again it's no, and the game you just level, have to wait no and yeah. the game is not so bad but I, you know uh, my, the OS for my, example yeah my, mm. my co-founder Brian he plays he, he, he's a huge Sony fan right. so he would sit down and go like ah, I can I can play Uncharted he turns it on and go like patch two hours <laughs> <laughs> and it, 
you know, we work in the, we, we make games and it's hours upon hours of work. And when you sit there and you're tired and you go, I just want to take an hour off just to see it, need, it needs to be patched. That's ridiculous. Hmm. Uh, he, and that just needs to turn on his PlayStation more often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that is why the mobile, that's why the mobile market works right now. Because right. while this patching has happened, yeah, that guy's just gonna take out his iOS, play yeah. Mark, play yeah. <laughs> Infinity Blade or whatever. I, I, it reminds me, I have a friend in secondary school before, right? And he, okay, he has a PC, he has a PS3 and a, a PSP. So he would play all three games simultaneously. While one is loading, he would pick up another thing. So he's this constant, he has this constant flow of data, you know, it's ridiculous. He plays a PC game, oh, I mean, like World of Warcraft, right? Oh, I'm waiting for uh, the next arena to start, he plays his PSP. Oh, loading, and he picks up his, he picks up his PSP and he plays. It's ridiculous how, how short, you know, he's got this attention, he's got a long attention span separated into little tiny bits. <laughs> wow, that's funny. <laughs> but I don't know, I'm also kind of the same way with the iOS, uh, any iPhone games and whatnot, just waiting for things here and there. And with that, I think we are almost out of time. Mm-hmm. So maybe any final words from you guys before we close off this podcast? Sorry, it's been short because I remember like the last few shows have been like slightly above the one hour mark, yeah. but we actually have some other stuff to do like within three o'clock and a dot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, real like more 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 <laughs> like a real 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 work thing happening. <laughs> More like paperwork. a verbal thing. Yeah, paperwork. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So anything you want to bring up before we head off? I'm, I'm personally looking forward to this console generation. Yeah. But I, I do think it's going to be the last big console generation. I think probably when C1 the tree bow out. Um, do you think it will last more than probably 10 years beyond? Like, is this going to be that, like, the 720 and the PS4 might be something that will last for a very, very, very long time? I, I honestly don't know. But you're getting to the point where we, we're seeing decreasing... Um, Returns. Yeah, yes, basically, return on investment is yeah. decreasing very rapidly. Yeah, right. And I think this way of doing an, a complete restart of the of the entire user base every five years is incredibly instructive. But basically, what you're saying is the, the 60 million people who buy an Xbox 360, well, I don't want to sell to them anymore. They, they, they don't matter. If they, they can go and buy a new one, and then maybe I'll, I'll talk to them. And I think what we hopefully we'll see from now on is the next generation is going to be an upgrade, so more like... Um, iPad 2 to iPad 3 to iPad 4 where you can I can still play stuff designed for iPad 4 on my old iPad 2. So, so, so that means more more regular hardware yeah. updates then, right? Uh, okay. I, I, w- I wouldn't think that there's going to be a, a complete hardware reset again. Hmm. Yeah. If you do the whole sleeping thing like, you know, when you put your console on sleep and then it updates your things very, very silently that's that's just one way of eliminating the mess that Ian mentioned before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it seems a bit sneaky, like it uh, might take data for all we know. And, and again, keep in mind that a lot of people have data caps. Yeah, they that too. They, they've gone, they're on a 5 gigabyte monthly limit and they certainly don't want Microsoft downloading uh, 3.5 gigabyte OS they update. They just put an options, you know, an option menu says, would you like to download things in sleep mode? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, just an option is already more than enough. Yeah. And we actually have one question among, amidst all the comments I've been getting. Do you guys think that the share button will help or hurt the PS4? He's referring to the whole sharing, streaming I, thing. I think it'll help. Yeah, I think it'll help too. Uh, but I do think that you're, you're going to have to trudge through a lot of nonsense before you find something good. Yeah. It also depends on what rating system the share feature will have. It's like true. if you yeah. put a video up, you don't know how people are going to like it. You don't know how many people are going to hate it. It could be like the worst thing ever in humanity's eyes that it'll be top rated for all we know because right. gamers kind of like to troll sometimes, yeah, right? Exactly. But at the same time, it's just as long as people work together to filter... I mean, if Sony does their work and just filter the good stuff from the bad stuff, I don't think it'll be that much of a problem. I mean, you want to show off things I, I got a feeling the community is going to do it. I'm yeah. certain the community will do it for themselves. Yeah. 
I trust you guys. <laughs> cool. How about you, Ian? Any more final words you want to say about the anything on the next generation thing that's happening? I will say that the next generation um, is something that it's our generation. The the kids now, like you said, you know, your son, he doesn't understand the whole concept of a mouse and keyboard. Mm. It is a touchscreen. So when that generation goes, uh, when that generation is at, you know, the teenage when they're really into gaming, right? It's going to be a whole different ball game. And for all we know, the Oculus Rift might be it. Yeah, it's, it's all going to be Oculus Rift and Google Glass yeah. uh, from now on. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. certainly say that Oculus Rift is the, the mm. coolest thing I've seen in the last couple of months. It, yeah. it excites me a lot more than, than the, either the PS4 or the Xbox. So anyone knows when that's going to be on retail yet? I totally forgot. Later in the year is, yeah. is what they're saying. Yeah. And right now it's just a dev kit, right? So and it's only games. Huh? And porn games. Yeah. Uh, nothing there yet. <laughs> I was looking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, right now, I mean, the only game that really does it well is, uh, is Team Fortress 2. Mm. And, and they've actually put a lot of effort, a lot of the early design thinking to how, how do you make this game well mm. has been done there. Mm. But you're seeing a whole bunch of other games thinking about it. You're looking at Hawken, you're looking at MechWarrior, you're looking at... Oh, Hawken, it's Hawken, pretty, yeah, yes. yeah, it would be pretty um, good. You're looking at all the Unity games yeah. and all the Unreal games. So mm. I think that's actually the most exciting thing for me. Mm. All right, and that's it for our show today. Uh, thanks for coming down, Alan. Thanks for coming down, Ian. Cheers. Thanks, thanks guys. Right, thanks cool. so much. And we are signing off. Uh, Jonathan and I signing off. And uh, if you want to check out for more news on games and whatnot, just go to gamespot.com. And uh, this video should be out probably tomorrow, most likely, right? We'll see. Yeah, all right, we'll see. cool. See you then. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.